you take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 5, I want to talk to you this morning about uh, walking carefully. Children walking carefully. You know, I uh, have been, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if you call it blessed or cursed. When I was a child, my dad had a boat and we would go fishing all over the place in that boat. Well, now uh, I have my own boat. And I get to go fishing in different places as well. One thing I've learned, if you're out into the middle of a lake, as far away from the boat ramp as you can get, that's when your boat's going to mess up. And uh, I've been a couple of times with Emory, I think, when my trolling, uh, my start battery wouldn't work. So we're powerless in the water. We're at the mercy of the wind, the waves. Luckily, uh, some boats have trolling motors, and we had enough battery power to crawl our way back to the boat ramp. But if you're out in a boat and you have no steering, but you have a, a motor, it doesn't do you much good. Or if you have a motor, but no steering, it doesn't do you much good. You need both of those to navigate and to uh, go where you want to go and really in reality, you need some kind of a map or a chart to find your way around. That's very similar to the Christian life. I can have all the power, but if I have no steering, no direction in my life, it doesn't really do me any good. If I have all steering but no power, that doesn't do me any good either. I need both of those things. So Paul gives us three essentials here in our text today that we need to adhere to to live the Christian life. So stand with me, if you would, Ephesians chapter 5, and let's begin reading in verse 15. We will read through verse 18. The Bible says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Let's pray together. Lord, bless your word today, and let every heart that is here receive it, and hear it, and understand it as your truth. And Lord, I pray that you would even change lives today in this room. That you would awaken us to your word and to your truth and to your ways. Father, help us to live by them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Three essentials. One of them we read there was to use your time wisely. Another one that we read there was to understand what the will of the Lord is. And another one we read there was to be filled with the Spirit of God. So we want to look at the first one there, of course, first, and that is to use your time wisely. Let's read that text again, verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise making the most of your time, because the days are evil. The word walk there is not a stroll or an athletic uh, term. It is a way of life. The way that you live your life, that should be done 
in such a way that you would use your time wisely. It is a step-by-step process. When you walk somewhere, you're not aimlessly wandering around. You have a destination. You have a goal in mind. That's what the Bible is referring to here, that we need to be making steady progress towards a destination. So when you walk in the Bible, it is really the way you're living your life. The word careful, carefully, walk carefully, implies that you can walk carelessly. Does it not? It gives you a choice. You can either walk carefully or you can walk carelessly. If you walk carelessly through this life, if you live your life carelessly, then mishaps await you at every turn. You have no idea and no direction. You're going to step on a landmine somewhere along the way. You will wander aimlessly about. Look back in the next previous chapter, chapter 4. Look in verse 17 with me. Let's read that. This I say, therefore, and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. That word futility means emptiness. The Gentiles, those who do not know God, are walking about in this world empty-minded, aimlessly wandering around, no direction, no purpose, no goal. We must see that. Verse 18, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. That's the results of walking carelessly. So Paul tells us in chapter 5, we need to walk carefully, not carelessly. Without this walking, evil will overwhelm you. If you have no goal in your life, no destination, no purpose where you are heading with Christ, then evil will overwhelm you. If you drift along without thinking how you spend your time, then you will end up at a place God does not want you to be. If you live your life wandering aimlessly around, you will not end up where God wants you to be. So because of that... We need to walk wisely, and the way we can do that is we must apply God's Word to our life, skillfully apply God's Word to our life. Paul makes a contrast there in verse 15. Not as unwise men, but as wise men. Wisdom is a theme in the entire Bible. In fact, we have a section of the Bible called Wisdom Literature, and it is the book of Job, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, and Proverbs. Those four books are called Wisdom Literature. They give us information about how to live life. The Hebrew word for wisdom is really a word that means skill. So you're not just a wise guy, you are a skillful Guy, a skillful man, to walk carefully in God's will and wisdom means that I have the skill for living properly. Okay? Look what it says in Proverbs 9 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. 
So, because of that, I want to be able to use my time wisely. I want to live with the, uh, uh, the process of producing a product for God. What would that product be? To bring Him glory. To bring God worth. To show people that it is worth knowing God. It is worth walking with Him. That is the goal of every Christian, is to produce that product bringing glory to God. This Bible is full of the information you need about how to accomplish that, bringing glory to God. The psalmist says it the best right here in verse 12 of chapter 90. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. The psalmist says there, God, get our attention to know that we all have been allotted a certain amount of time, a certain number of days. Teach us that, God, so that in the end, we can present you with a heart of wisdom. The one way I can walk wisely is to apply God's Word to my life. Another way that I can walk wisely is to look for the opportunities that God puts in front of me. It says in verse 16, making the most of your time. This word time here is not on a clock. It is not an extended time. It is not an hour or a moment of the day. It actually means opportunities, making the most of the opportunities that God puts in front of me. Your Bible might even say redeeming the time. All right, we'll get into that in just a minute. What I want to say about uh, using and utilizing opportunities that God puts in front of me is that time is really in bondage. You realize, don't you, that God is not held in time. God is not trapped in time. God created time. All right? He, he doesn't have a past, a present, and a future. He is all of that. You and I are in bondage to time. You and I have an allotted number of days. You and I have so many years to live in this world. We are in bondage to time. Think about it like this. As a human being, you're born into this world. And if you're fortunate enough, you go to school. Whether you're fortunate or not, you go to work after school or before school for those in other parts of the world. You work, you make a living, you support your family, you retire. If you're fortunate, you retire with the idea of traveling with your spouse and videotaping all of the national parks in the United States. And if you're lucky, along the way, you catch a fish or two. Amen? But then, but then you die. You're born, you do all of this, and then you die. You are in bondage to time. You only have so much time. That's a person who doesn't go to church. That's a person who doesn't know Christ. That's a person who just is wandering around in this world, bound to time. Now, a Christian, on the other hand, yes, we are bound to time, but Paul mentions something here in verse 16. 
he says, I better get in the right chapter, he says, making the most of your time, making the most of your opportunities, redeeming the time. What does he mean by that, redeeming the time? He means that as a believer, as a Christian, I can buy back moments of that bound time. How do I do that? By living in relationship with God. Fulfilling His purpose in me being here. Every one of us were created for a purpose. For a reason. You weren't here by chance. You're not a mistake. God made you. He formed you in that womb. He brought you out. And now He has a purpose for you. You can buy back this bondage of time by accomplishing God's will in your life. Bringing Him glory. Taking moments and opportunities and advantages of showing people Christ and doing things for God. Buying back this time. Seizing the opportunities to know Him. To grow in Him. To be transformed by Him. To be a good steward of the resources God has given you. You are defeating time when you do that. You are purchasing that time back. You are investing in furthering the gospel of Christ in this world. That's what a believer does. They invest themselves in the kingdom of God. Carefully walking, we buy back opportunities for God's kingdom. We are not bound in time. We are free. We are eternal life. And therefore, we can take advantage of that even today. This redeemed buying back implies there is a cost. And certainly there is. You must begin to say no to the secondary things of life and say yes to the crucial things of life. You must learn to say no to the TV and the computer screen and say yes to the studying of God's Word. That computer screen and that TV are not going to get you up there. But this will. This will show you the one who can get you there. This will lead you to the Savior. You need to, as a Christian, buy back time and be in this Word. Just read it. I'm not telling you to throw the TV out the window. I'm not telling you to take the computer screen and use it for target practice. I'm telling you to buy some time back from it and get into God's Word. That's going to bring you life. That's going to show you how to bring glory to God. Use your time wisely. Say no to the selfish activities of your life that are pulling you away from the church, that are pulling you away from the kingdom of God. Use your time wisely. So, one way that I can walk correctly is to use my time wisely. Here's another way. Understand the will of God. Boy, that gets deep, doesn't it? Understanding the will of God. And how do I go about doing that? Verse 17. So then, do not be foolish... But understand what the will of the Lord is. He doesn't really tell us how to do it, does He? But throughout the Scripture we can understand certainly how to accomplish that and to understand what it is. The will of the Lord is to help you understand why you're here. Why are you here? Not at Aaron Springs Baptist Church. Why are you on this earth? 
What is your purpose? Why are you created? What has God got in mind for you? And then understanding the will is also about how to get to the place God wants you to be. You need a navigator. God said, I'm going to send you that navigator. We call him the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of every believer. He shows them the way. He helps them out. He gives them advice. He corrects them. He trains them. He rebukes them. He does many things for us, the Holy Spirit. He will help you keep your course on life. To understand the will of God is like this. To grasp the will of God. To grasp it with your mind. Now this context of the will of God is not... What school do I go to? What job should I take? Should I marry this girl or that girl? Or God help me find a girl to marry, right? That's not the will of God here in our text. The will of God goes way beyond this. Way bigger than your job or your school or your spouse. This will of God has to do and is involved with His creation. Understanding the will of God. Why are you here? Grasp that with your mind. It takes effort on your part to understand the will of God. It takes the study of His Word. It takes moments of silence with Him. It takes moments of you calling out to Him. The will of God is important. The will of God is prominent in the Bible. Just in this book alone, let's start in chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the will of God. The next verse, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. These are all in chapter 1, verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to... To his kind intention. You don't know the will of God? That falls on you. That verse right there says, He made known to us the will of God. It is possible to know it. It is important that you know it. It is very helpful that you know it. Verse 11, Also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will. God's will is crucial for the Christian to understand and to know that. So, with that in mind, last week we talked about it, the summing up of all things in Christ Jesus, that's the ultimate plan of God. To put everything together in Christ Jesus, that is the will of God. You must apply this will to your life. You must live out your life toward that will of God. Live daily in the light of God's purpose. How do I do that? You must submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Man, I I talk to a lot of people about this topic right here. Brother Clay, I'm saved, but I'm just not doing right. How do you know you're saved? Well, I prayed a prayer, and I I got baptized, and I tell them, that doesn't save you. Praying a prayer won't save you. Getting baptized won't save you. How do you get saved? You become a believer in who and what the Lord Jesus Christ is. You submit to Him. You submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. 
You don't take Jesus and put Him in your back pocket and go on your way like I wrote in from your pastor today on the bulletin. You don't get Jesus like that and get salvation. Oh, you can put Him in your back pocket. You can put the Holy Spirit anywhere. But it doesn't mean you're saved. When you submit your life to the Lordship of Christ, then you become a believer and you are saved. If you're living your own way and you say, yeah, I know He's up there. The man upstairs, He's up there. I believe in Him. I pray to Him every night. I read His Word. I go to church once in a while. But you have not submitted to the Lordship of Him over your life. Brother, you are in dangerous ground. You are where so many people feel that they're saved, but they're really not. Because you don't know Jesus. And He doesn't know you. And that needs to be taken care of by every person in this room. How do I know the will of God for my life? I must submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Number two, I must commit to His church. You say, ah, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. No, you don't have to go to be a Christian. But if you are a Christian, you'll go. That's the whole idea. Ephesians, this same chapter, if we read on down there into verse 25, in fact, let's just read that. We're not talking about husbands and wives here. We're talking about Christ when we read this verse, 525. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself up for her. Does Jesus love the church? He gave His life for it. I would say He does. If I am not committed to what He is committed to, then I don't know Him. And I am not walking with Him. I must understand the will of the Lord by committing myself to His Lordship and by committing myself to His church. That's powerful. And you may not like what I'm saying, but I'm not saying it. The Word is saying it. Understand that. Commit yourself to His church. Not a casual once in a while thing, but commit to what God is committed to. And the next thing to understand the will of God is that I must be committed to God's glory. Spreading the word about Christ. That's why I asked every one of those young people, will you tell others about Him? And what did all of them say? Yes. One of them stating that I will try. Yes, I will try. We all must share the salvation found in Jesus Christ. That is bringing glory to God. When you become a Christian, it's no longer all about you. It's no longer all about me. It's no longer about my feelings and what I want to do and where I want to go. It's all about Him and what He says. And what I do in response to Him brings Him glory or it tears him down in front of people. So which one are you? Are you a builder or are you a demolition? Are you building Christ in his kingdom or are you demolishing it by the way you live, the way you talk, the way you act, the things you do? Spreading salvation is a way that I commit to God's glory. Paul says it like this in verse 17. So then, do not be foolish. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's what it is, people, to follow Him, to know Him, to serve Him. 
The last thing I want you to see is in verse 18. To walk carefully, we must be filled with the Spirit of God. Look what it says there. And do not get drunk with wine, for this is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit of God. In order to do that, or not in order to, but what happens when I am filled with the Spirit, it means that I am controlled by the Spirit of God. There's a, there's a, a teaching going around nowadays, and has been, that you can be filled with the Spirit many times. And you can, okay? You can be empowered with the Holy Spirit. The teaching that's going around is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can be in the baptism of the Holy Spirit multiple times. No, you cannot. All right? You can be filled multiple times, but you can't be baptized in the Spirit multiple times. Because it is commanded in Scripture to be filled in the Spirit, it is never commanded in Scripture to be baptized in the Spirit. Do you hear that? Baptized in the Spirit is not an experience that you go looking for. Baptized in the Spirit is a one-time event at the salvation of your soul. After Pentecost, when all of the disciples were gathered in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came down and He landed on all those disciples and they spoke in various languages and they did that, after that event, the baptism of the Spirit was a one-time event. When you opened your heart to Christ, He immersed you, He baptized you in the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the Bible is full of events where a man is filled with the Spirit. Why? To accomplish a godly task. To empower this man for a moment. Throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, we see men filled with the Spirit of God. In fact, different times, the same man being filled with the Spirit of God. So get that out of your head. You can get baptized many times. When you receive Christ, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now there are times when you can be filled with the Spirit. Isn't that what Paul says in our text? Verse 18, And do not get drunk with wine, that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit of God. So, to be filled with the Spirit of God means that I am being controlled by the Spirit of God. It is commanded for me to be filled. It is never commanded for me to be baptized in the Spirit, but to be filled in the Spirit. If you do not understand that, if you are not being filled by the Spirit of God, then you are disobeying to God. And what happens to you is you won't be able to walk carefully, and you will be swallowed up by this evil world. How many people do you personally know that have claimed Christ in their life, but they're not walking with Him today? They're not going to church. They've drifted away. They've turned aside. What happened to that person? Hey, I know people personally around here that were great Christian people as young people, and then they went off to college, or they went somewhere else, or, or they're years older now. They don't even go to church. Now they say they don't even know if they believe in God. What happened to that person? What happens to people like that? They're not walking carefully, and this evil world has overwhelmed them. And they are not 
where they were supposed to be. They were not addressing themselves correctly in Christ. They were not doing what God wanted them to do. That's why He commands us to be filled with the Spirit. So, in order for me to walk carefully, I've got to use my time. I've got to use my time wisely. Remember, it's not hours, it's opportunities. Use my opportunities wisely that God puts in front of me. The second thing I need to do is understand what the will of God is for my life. Not where I go to school, not who I marry, but the direction, the purpose for me being here. What is the purpose of my life? And the last thing is that we must be filled with the Spirit of God. Are you doing those things? You see, you need... A rudder on that ship. The Holy Spirit will empower you and God's Word will guide you. If you have one without the other, you are hopeless. But if you put the two together, you will live a life that is pleasing and promising before God. If you're not, then you are headed for shipwreck, my friend. And today you have a chance to change that and an opportunity to fix that. How? Bend your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. Make Him the Lord of your life. Listen, He's not going to drastically change your world. He just does it gradually. <laughs> okay? But the first thing He does is He sets you free from the things that are ensnaring you. Jesus said... If you are my disciples, if you, were, if you remain in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You see, I didn't know that I was bound to drugs. I didn't know I was bound to alcohol. I could quit those anytime I wanted to. The problem was, I never could. I never could lay them down and walk away. They always came back. I always found them. Somebody put them in front of me. 20 years I lived like that. Bound to something I did not even realize until I met my Savior whom the Son sets free. He is free indeed. I'm free. He set me free. 30 years ago, Christ set me free. He'll do the same for you today if you'll bend your knee to Him and make Him your Lord. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Father, bless this moment as You lead people to make a decision about You. Father, I pray that Your heart is in the heart of every man that is here. Your words are ringing in their mind. Lord, they know what to do. Give each person courage right now to accomplish Your will by surrendering their life to You and making You Lord. I pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen.